0: It's official. Every day is game day at Buffalo Wild Wings. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $3. We know every day is for sports as mandated by Buffalo Wild Wings. Watch all the games with people that are here for the right reason with dozens of beers on tap and 21 different flavors of signature sauces and seasonings and a bounty of wings, shareables, burgers, and more. It's built for fans. It's home for sports. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly.
1: Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month, we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyorkatlucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. So, good afternoon everybody. Welcome to the Spices Festival meditation meeting. The um, actual full moon occurs tomorrow. Now, don't forget, the clocks change. um, For those of you, I know a lot of you are listening um, on the internet to this broadcast as well, and we welcome you as well. And here in the eastern time zone in the United States, the clocks change tonight. So we have a very cold day today, and it will be a very cold start to daylight saving time. Um, So the full moon tomorrow is tomorrow morning um, on Daylight Time at 10.53 a.m., 7 minutes to 11. The keynote for Pisces, as you know, is, I leave the Father's home and turning back I save. And it's easy to imagine how for disciples in Pisces this keynote might be difficult to relate to in any personal sense. It is, after all, a sign of the completion of the incarnation cycle, when a world saviour of some description chooses to incarnate with the sole purpose of lifting and saving, lifting and saving all of life, all of human consciousness. It's probably easier for most of us to relate to an incarnation that might be guided by a purpose of simply being useful to the plan in some way or seeking to serve evolution in no matter how small and humble a way, and of applying whatever will we can muster to the task of serving and spreading love in our environment, and hopefully with increasing focus and increasing concentration. This certainly seems doable and practical, whereas modeling our life on saving seems like such a very distant goal. And yet, despite this, it's important to have the distant goal in mind. I leave the Father's home, and turning back, I save. It may not be the goal for this life, or the next, or the one after that, or even after that. And yet, the path of discipleship and initiation is ultimately headed towards this flowering of the Saviour. And steps we take on the path now, no matter how small those steps may be in response to presented opportunities, are each in their own way small incremental steps towards that greater goal. To acknowledge the ultimate destiny to become a savior in some form affirms one's own divinity and along with everyone else's essential divinity for we all carry within us the potency of the Saviour. It's just that, for most of us, it's so deeply buried and obscured by the veils of Incarnation, of illusion, glamour and mire, veils that we know so well. One way of understanding a future time, when it becomes appropriate for us to leave the Father's home and return to save, is not to think of it so much as a goal lying ahead on one's own path. Instead, we might think of it more as the destiny path for that wide group of incarnating serving souls of which we are a part, the group of world servers. This group regularly passes through periods of crisis. And as the crisis does its work, it produces a fresh concentration of effort. A little bit more light is let in and the spiritual tension of the whole group rises. The heightened tension in the group has a transforming impact on public consciousness until a new crisis emerges and the cycle of growth and development continues, apparently endlessly. There are greater and lesser cycles, however, in this process. And the Pisces keynote refers us to the culmination of a greater cycle when the whole group note rises to such a point of tension that it is invocative of the next step and this invocation becomes incredibly potent, evoking the emergence of a Saviour who will mark the conclusion of one greater cycle, a figurative death, a conclusion, and the beginning of a whole new era. The teaching suggests that during the coming ten, twenty, or more years, We are in one of those periods when a greater cycle is approaching its conclusion. And so it's especially appropriate that we should ponder the Pisces keynote and consider the significance of Piscean energies to these early decades of the 21st century. We're approaching a period of culmination in the transition from Pisces to Aquarius. And the teachings invite us to think about the culminating event in that transition in terms of a fresh, and new emergence of a Saviour, a reappearance of the Prince of Peace, the one known as the Christ. And this new appearance, we're told, can be envisaged in part as an overshadowing of the group of world servers as a whole, the Christ appearing as a group Saviour. And it also can be envisaged in part as a concentration, the precipitation of that group being into one individual human incarnation. One human being who, like Jesus and Krishna before him, will be the incarnated Christ. Some find this individual embodiment difficult to imagine, seeing it as out of keeping with the modern world and with the equality and egalitarian spirit of modernity. How could such a glorified presence be a person of this time, It's not so difficult to imagine Christ in ancient times when things were so different. The cultures were so different. The speed of life was different. The mind of humanity was very different, almost unrecognizable. Our challenge now is to imagine an individual appearance of Christ in our time for all the world to see. The fundamental characteristic of our humanity, almost what it means to be a human being, is to be an individual. It's a fundamental part of the definition of what it is to be human. And with this in mind, the argument can be made that to be fully human, Christ needs to, must have, a singular individual presence. The group mind expresses itself through the incredible diversity of the lives of countless individual servers. The group mind doesn't exist somehow separate from the individuals who form its cellular units. So we might consider that the radical initiatory transformation of human consciousness that will be signified by the reappearance of the coming one requires something more fundamental than the overshadowing of the group of world servers, or even, as suggested by some, an incarnation that will be restricted to the etheric level. To be fully fixed, grounded and rooted in humanity, to be fully present and open wide those veils of glamour, mire and illusion, it seems logical that D.K. would predict that the Christ will again take human form, overshadowing a singular individual, in addition to the overshadowing of the group of world servers. And one of the quite stunning ideas in the teachings is the suggestion that Christ is in fact already present in the world. In the book The Reappearance of the Christ, Decay notes that the ceremony held through the ages in the Himalayas during the Wasek Festival substantiates the fact of Christ's physical existence among us ever since his so-called departure just as it demonstrates the Christ's work as the great and chosen intermediary, standing as the representative of the spiritual hierarchy and as the leader of the new group of world servers. It can be challenging, but it's a good and useful exercise to try to imagine what it might mean for Christ to appear fully present as the leader of the group of world servers, and to imagine this in today's world. As we do this, it's important to be willfully and proactively living our lives with the goal of contributing, in no matter how small a way, to the work of preparing the ground for his reappearance. As we do these two things, as we visualize and imagine, in combination with seeking to live a purposeful life that contributes to the result of that imagination, Um, That's the real work. To imagine what it might mean for the group of world servers to be led by the Christ in full incarnation involves considering what impact this will have on our ability as a species to respond to the challenges of our time, the challenges of human rights, the urgent need to find ways to share resources and make significant progress in achieving the Sustainable Development Goals finding a new balance in the relationship between local, national, and global identities, and so on. Imagine how the Christ, together with a group of world servers, will initiate a spiritual awakening among large numbers of people across cultures, faiths, and nations. Remember that this event, the presence of the Christ, means that the new group of world servers as a whole, as the army of the Christ, will be... a a part of hierarchy in form. Imagine how the Christ, together with a new group of world servers, will initiate the spiritual awakening amongst large numbers of people across cultures, faiths, and nations. And imagine, too, the opposition that this may well evoke. But imagine how a new spirit in the world might counter-materialism in popular culture and cynicism in intellectual culture. So let us pause for a moment to align with the group of all true world servers as that group exists today under the leadership of the Christ. In Alice Bailey's time, the group was relatively new and unrecognized. Today, members of the group, and service initiatives carried out by the group, are regularly featured on television and media around the world. More than this, the mental field of the group of service today must surely be one of the strongest and dynamic features of human consciousness if we were to look from the perspective of the ashram. It would surely be seen as a field of mind that is lighted and naturally intelligent. Perhaps already reflecting something of the radiance of the full overshadowing that will come with the reappearance of the group leader. The critical analytical mind has in this group of servers been significantly superseded by a wise intuitive sense of wholeness and a keenness to find practical ways to express this sensed wholeness. The mind of the service group is today largely characterized by a quest for what works. What's practical? A definite seventh-ray quality. There is a dynamic moving forward impulse in the group as it approaches the greater light on the vertical arm while moving out to express light in all fields of relationship and social organization on the outer arm. The one feature of the group that is similar to the time when AAB was writing is that still, it remains largely unrecognized as a group, although perhaps this is changing. We can align with this group mind, recognizing that it is impressed with a clearer understanding of unity, oneness, and wholeness that has ever existed in any time in human affairs. And that's an incredible... uh, in a historical sense, th- that's, that's triumphant. All the C groups that we know of, healing, finance, telepathic communication, religion, and so on, all of them now hold a richness of insight into principles of synthesis and ways in which those principles can be applied to further the development of right human relations than has ever existed before. All the professions, the arts and sciences that are represented in the new group are responding in a multitude of ways to incoming impressions of universality and wholeness. And we can imagine the group holding a point of dynamic tension, a point of will. During this period of turmoil and crisis in the world, marked by what might be envisaged as a rising of the dweller, it is especially important for us to affirm the living reality of the mind and incarnated being of the group of servers, and the urgency of its task as it responds to fresh, unexpected challenges to the work of building right relations. And it's equally important for us to recognize the alignment that exists between this group and the hierarchy of lighted beings and presences, that great field of mind and heart that brings an abundant flow of light, wisdom, and loving will into the mind and heart of the new group. So with this group of world servers as it is today in mind, let us pause and sound together the Gayatri. For those of us here in this room, that's on your chairs. O Thou, who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth, and do our whole duty as we journey to Thy sacred feet. Ooh. Astrologers will know that Pisces is one of the forearms of the mutable cross. The others are Gemini, Virgo and Sagittarius. One of the great dramas that take place in the evolution of consciousness is the transition of this grand cross of the heavens onto the fixed cross. And in esoteric astrology this transition marks entrance onto the path, the reversing of the zodiacal wheel. The three crosses are crosses of crucifixion the mutable, fixed and cardinal cross, the Christ and the soul are sequentially crucified on each of the three crosses, throwing the incarnated incarnating monad into cycles of figurative as well as literal birth and death, all for the ultimate resurrection and revelation of the glory of the One. Transition from the mutable to the fixed cross is a hugely significant event, and Pisces is the key sign in this event. So I want to spend a little time holding it in the light of our reflections together. It can provide a useful lens through which to view the current political, social, spiritual and cultural crisis in nations around the world. No one lens is sufficient to understand the full significance of this crisis, so I don't want to give it too much emphasis. People have been stirred deeply by uh, recent events. Lives are changing and will continue to change as more and more people, inspired by the vision of oneness and human unity, decide how they will respond or react to these events. The Brexit vote in the United Kingdom, the recent election in this country, coming elections throughout Europe, events in Philippines, Colombia, many, many parts of the world. Lives are changing, and will continue to change, as people respond or react to these events. Yet the passage from mutable to fixed cross, with its implication of the death of one whole cycle of evolution and the birth of another, is one valuable way of understanding something of what appears to be happening in our time. For when the soul is crucified on the mutable cross, it is tied into a cycle of lives characterized by constantly changing experiences. By adapting and responding to these changes endlessly life after life, the personality is gradually built up, is developed, eventually becoming integrated. In some ways it's rather like the classic Darwinian view of natural evolution where tests and tests and tests are provided, and the strongest survive, so-called. Although in this case, the soul is very much responsible for throwing the challenges down before the personality. The word mutable suggests able to or tending to change. Dictionary synonyms on the web include changeable, variable, fluctuating, inconsistent, unpredictable, fickle, unstable. That's us, babies. There are references to the mutable nature of fashion, and the idea that youth is said to be fickle and mutable. In some approaches to mundane astrology, the four signs of the mutable cross are considered to be special because they bring opportunities for growth associated with a quality of adaptability and flexibility. DK writes about the cross in terms of changing and absorbed experience. Interesting that he gives a capital E to experience, making us think differently about what experience is. It's the place of action and reaction, of karmic control and response to impacts. And while there are four signs that make up the cross, it's important to point out that from an esoteric perspective, regardless of one's sun sign, Every soul that is primarily occupied with the work of building up the personality during its clockwise path around the zodiac will be largely conditioned by the mutable cross. This means that it is the cross which governs large large segments of the population. In the symbolic language of esoteric astrology, it is the cross of mass consciousness. When we think of a nation, of any nation, There will be significant, sizable portions of the population who, whatever sun sign they may be born in, are living lives primarily conditioned by the forces of this cross. The same can be said of any ethnic group, of any national group, culture, and so on. There will always be a significant segment of the population in all these groups primarily concerned with building up the personality through constant exposure and adaptation to change. In the development of consciousness, each stage in the process of development is as important and vital as each other. Building up the personality is as essential a part of the process as the later work of fusing soul and personality is. Without the mutable cross experience, consciousness would not be brought to a fixed concentration on working through duality. This is a time in the mutable cross when the soul is no longer hidden. Uh, sorry, this is a time um, after the experience of the mutable cross when the soul is no longer hidden or imprisoned. And when it's on the fixed cross, it's in the soul is an irritant as well as a source of inspiration to the personality, driving the next phase of development. D.K. writes that the influence of the fixed cross causes reversal. And the lessons gained upon the mutable cross have to be worked out and the effects demonstrated on the fixed cross. They have to be fixed. The effects, the results of all of that adaptation has to be fixed to a purposeful work to fuse soul and personality. This transference brings the focus away from mass consciousness into the intense self-consciousness of the fixed cross. And the fixed cross then prepares for the development of group consciousness which takes place later on the cardinal cross when the mutable cross reflects the experience of the planet while the mutable cross reflects the experience of the planetary cri- christ governing large collectives or fields of consciousness the fixed cross marks the experience of the individual christ in each human being christ imminent through the soul personality dynamic of conflict repression and crisis we learn to mediate between higher and lower expressions of divinity. That's not to say that repression is a good and positive. Repression is simply one of the reactions to crisis that has to be transformed. The interesting point about all this is that the process of transference between the two crosses begins and ends in Pisces. In other words, the great reversal of the zodiacal wheel, as it's referred to in esoteric astrology, and the initiation which will lead to the emergence of humanity as the world disciple, or what several commenta- commentators, David Corton, Joanna Macy, and others, refer to as the great turning in the cultural, spiritual, and economic life of humanity, is largely influenced by energies flowing through the sign of Pisces, first- and second-rate energies, primarily. Alice Bailey writes, it's been the steady impact of Piscean force, which has at long last brought humanity, the world disciple, to the very door of initiation. For over 2,000 years, Piscean influence has been playing upon mankind. It has brought about the demand for world adjustment. It has developed the international spirit and has led to the formation of groups in every department of human living, and so laid the foundation for the future synthesis in Aquarius. So as we look out upon the world this Pisces full moon, we might usefully reflect upon what recent events tell us about humanity's transition from the mutable to the fixed cross. Many understandably view with horror the political rise of forces antagonistic to the international spirit, antagonistic to protection of the environment from the intensity of human activity, and antagonistic to the natural concern for the rights of refugees. It clearly is a dangerous time, as is evidenced by the widespread stimulation and manipulation of fear in the populations of numerous countries. First ball of force does seem to be at work, apparently shattering much of what was assumed to be the steady progress of international understanding and cooperation. There may well be a beneficent aspect to some of the shattering to the extent that it draws forth, concentrates, and refines the will of the group of world servers, focusing energy and attention on the challenges of developing concrete workable structures of sharing that make sense and are desirable and inspirational to the vast masses of the world's people on the Mutable Cross. There's also a beneficent aspect to recent events insofar as some of the impacts of globalization have reinforced the economic divide within nations and prevented any real sharing of wealth. So it's good that these are being challenged. Yet it's also important to recognize that darker forces of materialism and separatism are being empowered at this time. And that requires a response from all who seek to serve the light. It's not a crisis that servers can turn their backs on or simply observe, without some deepening of the will to be of use and to be proactive. One of the key lessons of the Mutable Cross is that in order to manage and deal with the constant impact of incoming energies, human beings have to learn to develop mind, have to learn to think with some measure of independence, our own thinking. And that would seem to be one of the key issues facing the Group of World Servers today, to help to foster a climate in which the masses of people develop an increasingly mature facility to think for themselves and to discern what seems to them to be the real from the unreal. Amidst all the slogans, the hype, and the superficiality of sound bites that are antagonistic to independent thought, servers in every field are now challenged to contribute each in their own way to the building of this climate of thinking. This requires that the new group itself moves deeper into its own understanding of the principles of interdependence and and of an interdependent world. Expressing these principles with simplicity and clarity, free from any sense of moral superiority, Esotericists at the heart of the group are pushed to penetrate into the very life and spirit of these principles. The demand that times, the nature of the times demands this of us to find that intuitive alignment with oneness, unity, and right relations that will enable these energies to be expressed with increasing clarity and authenticity so that each can find their own voice to sound the reality of oneness in practical ways. In reading about Pisces in the book Esoteric Astrology, I was especially struck and delighted by a reference to the intuition that seems particularly appropriate to these times and appropriate to Pisces and its qualities of a universal consciousness. In a rather abstruse discussion about the Star of Christ, two triangles are mentioned. Pisces, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Taurus, Gemini, Aries. Anticipating that readers might well wonder what on earth is the value of such esoteric abstractions, DK reminds his readers that it is our effort to understand that matters, as much as anything else. This effort, we are told, will evoke the intuition and evoke our own unique understanding. Intuitive perception is essential for initiation. The passage in esoteric astrology then provides a clear, simple definition of initiation that seems to me to really capture the opportunity of this time. Initiation is the demonstration of intuitive understanding put to practical expression. Initiation is the demonstration of intuitive understanding put to practical expression. This is surely one of the keynotes of the need of our time. The intensity of the crisis, with all its dangers and all the political turmoil it's producing, is leading servers to make an effort to understand its meaning, to understand how it affects them as individuals, to understand what is right response and what their own right response should be. This effort, this crisis within the group of servers, can be expected to evoke an intuitive understanding that will invoke, that will lead to practical expression, to a multitude of diverse, unique, independent practical expressions. The model for this, what we might think of as the sign that we should expect a dramatic a dramatic flowering of practical expressions of the principles of the plan is, I suspect, the agreement in 2015 by representatives of the governments of the world to agree to a transformative agenda around which all the world's peoples might come together, the Sustainable Development Goals. Even though it's not really a part of the natural conversation of thinking intelligent people throughout the world as it should be, the beauty of these goals The practical expression of intuitive understandings of interdependence and wholeness that they present is the way in which they fuse a spirit that celebrates nations and their peoples with recognition of the unalterable oneness and interdependence of the modern world. All the governments agreed to the goals. And that means all governments representing all forms of ideology and and governance that characterize our incredibly diverse modern world. Theocracies, traditional authoritarian regimes, military dictatorships, socialist republics, strongly capitalist nations, nations that pride themselves in the belief that they follow democratic principles, all agreed to the stunning agenda of a future world centered around 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And they agreed because built into the goals was the principle that every nation has the freedom and the right and the imperative to reach specific measurable targets in whatever way is appropriate for that nation and for that ideology. In other words, the only thing that matters in these goals is meeting development challenges responding to the needs of people. Many of these challenges will require and can only possibly be met, even in a small way, as a result of an incredible focus by people of goodwill in every nation. There's no other way that they can be met. Governments have agreed to the goals, but it's entirely dependent on people of goodwill to ensure that the goals become points of living will. Only then will there be any hope of achievement by 2030. It's really rather simple, and it echoes the current crisis in the world. How will the people respond, the people of goodwill, respond to the dangers of the time and the extraordinary opportunities and potentials? Will servers take the initiatives themselves? To achieve particular goals in their local community, in their region, in their nation, even just in their small family in some cases. Global achievement of the goals depends upon national achievement, and national achievement of the goals depends entirely upon local achievement and upon individual sense of their purpose being touched. All of that can be understood as a way of observing the transition from the mutable cross to the fixed cross. A process governed by Pisces. The keynote we'll be using for meditation as I leave the Father's home and turning back I save. It invites us to ponder the reappearance of the world teacher as a possibility during the next few decades. It also asks us to reflect upon the great turning as humanity as a whole takes the momentous step off the mutable cross and onto the fixed cross of the discipleship path, from its earlier stages through to the preparations that precede fusion between soul and personality. And so we'll work in meditation with a four-minute approach to the hierarchy. For Those of you who are here in the room, there's a copy of this outline on your chair if you wish to use it. Letting in the light. The stage of group fusion, we affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. The Higher Interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers Shambhala, Hierarchy, Humanity gradually coming into alignment and into play. Meditation, the Pisces keynote, I leave the Father's home, and turning back, I save. Precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. As you do this, use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together sound the affirmation in the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the Divine Self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming World Teacher, the Christ. distribution. As the great invocation has sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets of London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. May Christ return to earth. From the center, where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men, Thank you, friends. Just a reminder that the full moon is tomorrow morning after we put our clocks forward. clocks go forward at 12 midnight tonight and tomorrow morning it's at um, 7 minutes to 11 at 10.53. Thank you very much. Stay warm and have a good journey home. Bye. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyorkatlucistrust.org.
0: AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with InterDynamics Arctic Freeze R134A Refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts <laughs> Oh, oh.